Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh, the iHeartRadio app. Got this tweet from David. At underscore Adam Crowley. Z, talk about Steelers. Take advantage of the listening nation. Capital N. Otherwise, limit yourself to local audience. Most of the nation doesn't live there. Doesn't care about local, especially hockey. Good luck with your balance. Tough choice, I know. Then he came back three minutes later and said, again, not interested. As in the past, maybe I'll check back again in a month or so. Yeah, check back again farther from Steelers season. Uh, What the hell do you think I'm supposed to talk about today? We'll get to the Steelers with Ray Fittipaldo coming up at 6 o'clock, 59 minutes from now. So don't check back in a month. Check back in, sorry, now 58 minutes when we talk to Ray Fittipaldo about what the Steelers' needs actually are. Because I've seen the national audience say the Steelers need a corner, Steelers might need a quarterback, Steelers should draft a running back, and they're missing on so much. So we'll get to that later on in the hour, and then we will get to Ray Fittipaldo at 6 o'clock. But thank you for producing my show. Uh, Tom does not do a good enough job by himself, so we need all the help we can get. And as I say that, as I look into the other room, he's shoveling a donut, a heart-shaped donut down his gullet, and he's five feet away from the microphone and the board. Well, you got to look at the plate, too, because it's this plate full of donuts. There's not just one donut on this thing. There's like four donuts on this plate. Brian, I tried to pick the plate up, and it's paper, and it bent. (laughs) Yeah, it's heavy. It's like four pounds. Dude's got four pounds of donuts over there. Uh, speaking of which, I'm breaking my diet come Friday. Really? I'm not going to drink because of our nipple piercing agreement, but I am absolutely 100% eating a fish sandwich from my local church. Well, a fish sandwich is healthy, isn't it? That's, that's Fried of, fish and... Uh, not fried, I guess. On a, on a bun? I haven't had any carbs that aren't naturally occurring in 18 days now. And let me tell you... I feel great, and I wear 30s because I'm a skinny guy. I wear 30s pants, but they've it's been tight at the 30 lately. I got space now. Yeah, you, you got like fingers. Yeah, now. all it takes all it takes is a couple of weeks. It really does, and I'm so mad that I didn't diet when I was working out that hard, and then I had to wind up getting my gosh darn belly button pierced. But yeah, I'm punting this diet come Friday because I'm off all next week. So I'm off next week and. I have to eat well. So here, to wow. staycation. F that. I'm going to eat like a monster. So if you give up on the, um, you give up on the eating part of it. The beer part of it kind of comes naturally. Because nah. at that point, what are you giving up beer for? So I don't get my nipple pierced. Well, there's no diet anymore. I mean, the Guinness tastes so good. Oh no, it's so fun. Oh no, creamy. So the reason we're taking next week off is because we're doing our kitchen. <laughs> so we're tearing You're everything so out. Drinking. We're taking everything out. So my buddies are coming over Friday to help us pull the cabinets out. Is that the most cliche drinking scenario you could possibly Dude, you think could of? could not even design it better. Fish right. sandwiches. Yeah, fried food. Bud Light's flowing as uh, we tear the cabinets off the wall. Son and, of a bitch. And, I mean, it's a natural gift to get the guys that are helping you with the with the cabinet tear out. You have to. you got to get beer. You have I mean, to. Moving, I mean, that, painting, that, that's already beer. an agreement. Yeah. yeah. Also, go. after that, we're then doing our guest room upstairs. And... The way that my wife was able to get me to agree to the guest room upstairs is 
by putting I was I said let's get a couple Guinness posters, put them on the wall. <laughs> Those are badass. Like the ones with the toucan, ones that say Guinness for strength. I love that. That's what I wanted for Valentine's Day, but I sent it to her too late. Wife's dig the beer poster. Dude So if you're a married guy, and this isn't me, but talking to my friends who are married. If you're married and you've been together for a long time, sometimes you might turn to porn, right? And you might have to. Now, again, not me. Not speaking from experience. I think porn's a sin. Don't laugh. What? Being honest. Not a big porn guy. Anyway, Tom's a porn guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Since I haven't been able to drink alcohol... I've actually watched videos, because I'm a big Guinness guy, big stout fan. Guinness, my number one beer. I have watched videos of the perfect pour. Like, if you go into my search history, it's me Googling Guinness being poured. I've even searched for GIFs of the surge when all the bubbles go to the top. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah! And this is no lie either, because we're texting back and forth the other night. Like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm watching videos of Guinness. Watching the bubbles. If I can't form. drink them, I gotta get. I gotta at least get some satisfaction from a Guinness. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite Guinness category? <laughs> I like the surge. <laughs> I like Porter on Porter. I do like the money shot though of the Guinness mustache. The, the thing about Guinness that's great is it always gives you a nice finish. <laughs> it's sweet and it's bitter and creamy. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I think we saw the climax, if you will, of the pit season last night. Oh no! One of their players going for the dunk, missing it. Stallings, they're down 14. Stallings puts his arms in the air as the player's flying through the air to dunk it, and he misses it, and Stallings walks away and puts his hand, his head in his hands. Pitt was up 28 to 13 against Boston College, who stinks. And Boston College came in with a long road losing streak. They stink, Tom. Give me a freaking break. They're not going to make the tournament, and if you don't make the tournament, 68 teams make it. You stink. They beat Duke. They stink. Beat Duke, man. Oh, yeah, St. John's is good. They beat Nova, so. They're great. They're not even going to be in the NIT. Mark that one down. Johnny's NIT, nope. So Boston College stinks. Pitt was up 15. By the way, if you're, if you're down 15 to Pitt, you stink, okay? Spoiler alert, you stink. So I tweeted out after the game, well, there goes Pitt's best chance at a win in ACC play. And all these Pitt fans, out of the woodwork, first time I'd heard from them all season long, blew my mentions up. No, 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 no. They play Wake Forest next Wednesday. They play Wake Forest. We can beat Wake Forest. <laughs> they are so desperate for something to hang on to. They are so futile in their ability to play basketball and to cheer for basketball the fans that they want to argue with me about their first possible ACC win. That's how bad they are. And that's how sad Pitt fans are. 
But this is where I became radio guy. Everyone blows my spot up, including Tim Benz, who quote tweets me and goes, Nope, next Wednesday. Alan Saunders, who will be joining in 10 minutes. He writes for every outlet in town. He's a big pit guy. He'll be joining in 10 minutes. He said, nah, it's wait for it. So I decided I'm going to try to fight them on this. And I replied, well, actually, Pitt was up 15 in this game. They ain't going to be up 15 against Wake. So this was their best chance to win. Suck on them apples. But in reality, they're right. I mean, Wake's terrible. Wake's like 9-16. and 16. I mean, they're, they're freaking bad. They're, they're almost as bad as Pitt. Not quite there because no one in major college basketball is as bad as Pitt. But, yeah, they're right there. But I had to do the Francesa thing that I always mock, where Francesa doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, but then he'll blame somebody else. He'll blame his producer for giving him the wrong wrong info, or he'll say you heard him wrong, or he'll say he misspoke. But he pretends like he knows everything. I didn't look ahead to Pitt's schedule. I just knew Boston College stunk. So this guy tweets me, and he goes, Oh, I didn't know you were talking about in-game. I thought you were talking about just the games in general. And I said, well, I wasn't. I was just trying to save my ass in this argument. Because nobody in the world, and I love Tim, nobody in the world wants to be right more than Tim Benz. And I thought I'm going to try to fight him on this one. I fought. I battled my heart out. And I lost. And I did the thing that I always hate. I became a true radio man who can't admit when he's wrong, who can't even acknowledge that there was an oversight on his part. And it was something so minute about whether or not Pitt had a better chance to beat Boston College or Wake Forest. Like, who cares? No one in college basketball outside of Pittsburgh or Wake is going to watch that game next Wednesday. Not one. Not one. Nobody who's outside of Baston or Pittsburgh watched last night's game between Pitt and Boston College. Not one person. Not even gamblers wanted to watch that shiz. Nobody wanted to watch that game. And yet, there I am, tooth and nail, defending my stupid argument about how Boston College is a lot harder or has a lot better chance to lose to Pitt than Wake Forest. Hashtag radio. Radio in it. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Braden does. He says, I lost it when you asked Adam Crowley, talking to you, Brian, what his favorite category of Guinness he likes. Hashtag Porter on Porter. Hashtag The Surge. And he has a gif of a Guinness being poured. It looks nice, doesn't it? Oh, God. Spoiler alert. On Friday, I'm going to leave the Monroeville Convention Center. Where I'm doing my show. Outdoor show. I'm going to drive through this place called Rockies in Dormont. It's a dive. It's disgusting, but they've got the best damn fish sandwiches. I'm going to pick up two. I'm going to find myself a place that serves Guinness draft uh, cans. I'm going to go home. I'm going to throw some hot sauce on that fish sandwich. I'm going to pour myself a tall one. Uh. I'm going to watch the surge. I'm going to eat the sandwich. I'm going to wash it down with the creamy Guinness. And then when I come back, I'm getting that nipple pierced. It's worth it, huh? I've had dreams about Guinness. It's it's weird. And it, like you're in love with the beer. 
I am. I, I've never felt this way about a beer before. I've always just said, I like beer. But I love Guinness. Yeah, I really do. We need is, to get them to sponsor something yeah, on the show, by the way. And this isn't like an alcohol thing. Like, of course he loves beer. This isn't an alcohol thing. This is a like, hey, all beer's good, but like Guinness, there's a certain thing. You like, And I'm very particular about it. If I go to a place and they don't pour a good one, I'm going to tell them. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. Man. I'm going to flip them off. I'm going to tell them. That's a thing, though. you got to be able to pour your Guinness correctly. You do. You absolutely do. It's a six-step process. <laughs> I know because I watched 18 videos of it yesterday. Wow, so you're going to do it. You're going to give up the bet and get your nipple pierced right I don't know. live on the I don't radio? know if I'm going to admit it is the thing. I'm uh, going to tell Leanna not to tell anyone. Look, I've got eyes everywhere, man. I know you do. We're watching everywhere. Dirty dog. i got you. pictures of you at bars. I have pictures of you with beers in front of you that you've not yet drink. I, I, will, I may have a line to your wife who will tell me if you do anything like that. So I wouldn't, man. But if you do it, I, I would hope you would fess up. And take your nipple piercing like a man. I've just been dreaming of it. Okay. Dreaming of beer. Go ahead. Hey, maybe worth it. Maybe if we get you a Guinness while you're getting your nipple pierced, maybe that would make it better. Uh, If I'm getting my nipple pierced, I'm going to have like seven or eight of them prior to the piercing. Just like that. I don't have to do it. Drink up, man. You don't know what's happening yet, though. Drink up. I have liked the health benefits of cutting out carbs for the last 18 days, though. So... Maybe I'll continue. There's no carbs in Guinness, though, is there? No, not at all. That's liquid. There can't be carbs in liquid. Guinness is actually very low calorically compared to other non-light beers, yep. but the the carbs content is hot. You tell yourself whatever you want there. Coming up next, Alan Saunders. He writes for the AP. He writes for Pittsburgh Sports Now. Do you think he watches beer porn? <laughs> He's a man. We all do. He'll join me to discuss whether or not it makes sense to fire Kevin Stallings, Pitt's head coach, right now. Sorry to the dude who only wants me talking football. You're going to have to wait 25 more minutes to hear that. It's the Crowley Show. Andrew tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Guinness sucks. Yingling is Pottstown liquid gold. I mean, I'm not going to hate on Yingling. I I like myself some vitamin Y, but hey, Andrew, go F yourself, man. And you're going to come on my program and tell me Guinness sucks. Don't, you know what? Don't even listen to the show anymore. I don't need you. But here's the deal about Guinness. There are a lot of places who do it wrong. And if you go to a place where they don't frequently serve it, it is going to suck. Because when it sits there, it's not as good. And that's the same with any beer. But people believe Guinness sucks because they go to places that don't serve it correctly or a lot. And then when you do get one there, it sucks. And then you think, oh, I'm not going to drink it. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. In Ireland, that's when I fell in love because, well, first of all, it's fresh. But every place is pumping through that shiz. Every place is kicking keg after keg after keg. That's why you got to go to an Irish place. Like Riley's Poorhouse. They go through their Guinness. So it tastes good. Baddows, they go through their Guinness. It tastes good. There are other places around town, too. Pipers, they go through their Guinness. It tastes good. But if it sits there, it's not going to be good. You know what, Andrew? (laughs) Who hurt you, man? Who hurt you? I just can't stop looking at this picture that Braden tweeted. There's not many things in this world that a listener could insult and get you that riled up, but you insult Guinness, the mother of all beers, and it's on with you, man. If you insult my wife... (laughs) 
I'd have to think about whether or not there was a reason for you to have insulted her. You rip Guinness. Oh, oh, screw you, Andrew. So there could be a rational, rational explanation for someone insulting your wife, but never a rational explanation for someone insulting Guinness. Correct. Okay, just checking. By the way, I think I'm moving the time of my first Guinness since the diet from Friday to tonight. Oh, no. Well, that's good. Let's get it over with. We can get the piercer back in here. Before I put holes in your nipple. Go to work next week. Yeah. Well, (laughs) two weeks from now, because I'm off. You can watch videos of people pouring Guinness and get your nipples pierced. It'll be a party. I might never show up to work again. Alan Saunders writes for every outlet in town including Pittsburgh Sports Now and the AP. He joins me now here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Alan, your favorite kind of beer? Ooh, I, I don't know. Favorite is, is tough. It depends on where I'm at. You know, if you're in an Irish bar, drink Guinness. If you're in Pottstown, I suppose you have a yingling. Uh, I don't know. What, I think yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I The when in Rome is good because whenever I go to London, you have yourself some Boddingtons. You go to Italy... I don't know what they drink over there. Uh, Alan Saunders joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Alan, I've been critical of Kevin Stallings. Everyone's been critical of Kevin Stallings. Uh, They haven't won a conference game. But does it make more sense for Pitt to not fire him than to fire him right now? Yeah, I I really think that it does make more sense for Pitt to not fire him than to fire him. to be honest, I don't think there's. It's one of those situations where there isn't really a good right answer. Um, if if there's a coach that that Heather like feels very confident that will come to fit, that they could both get him and whatever assistance he would require, and a buyout for Kevin Stallings under their budget this year, then I think that's what will happen, and that would make sense. I'm just not sure that that's out there. So then when you go to whatever options B and C are, I think keeping Kevin for another year starts to look pretty attractive despite going on 18 and, and frankly not looking a lot better as the season goes on. No, and I'm a West Virginia guy, so I, I watch the Mountaineers all the time, and they've had their own issues, but that's not the point. When I was at the Pete watching that game, I thought, okay, Pitt can be good. Uh, I'm mean, not good, but better than I thought. Uh, they can battle. Uh, this is a team that is going to improve uh, throughout the course of the season, and that hasn't been the case. And, of course, Ryan Luther goes down with an injury, and that sucks. But does there is there a difference in the buyout if it's next year as opposed to now for Kevin Stallings? I mean, obviously, there's there's at least just one more year's worth of salary. Sure. I, I mean, beyond that, you know, it's hard to say for sure. It, it, I've heard that it does go down uh, pretty significantly after, the, you know, between year after year three, I suppose. Um, and you know, those things can be negotiated typically in some fashion as to how much the money is, how much of the money is due when, and, and things of that nature. But I, to me, I just feel like maybe even a bigger concern than the buyout itself, um, you know, even if it's somewhere in the neighborhood of, of $2.5 million a year to pay the buyout, I'm sure in Pitt's athletic budget, if they if they move things around and skimp here and skimp there, uh, they can find $2.5 million you know, a year for the next four years. So I think, to me, the, the big issue is that this basketball team's in bad shape. The program's in even worse shape when you look at attendance and recruiting and that's not just Kevin Stallings, that's a five-year trend. And so to really fix it, 
if the goal is to really fix it, it's going to take a really talented coach. And to get a really talented coach is going to require every penny they can put together. And the the less you can pay in a buyout, I, I think the better. So I think if that means giving Kevin Stallings another year when maybe they don't necessarily really want to, I, I think it ends up being uh, the, the smart move in the Alan Saunders joining me here on the Crowley Show. Love his work. You can check him out on Twitter at a Saunders underscore PGH. Writes for the AP, Pirate Prospects, and PittsburghSportsNow.com. Uh, Alan, is there anything that has come from this season that makes you feel like maybe he could be the guy? Maybe Stallings could eventually turn this program around. I mean, you look at last night's game, and you look at Boston College, and they went on the 18 two years ago. Um, and so I think pretty clearly, if you're a Pitt fan and you're an optimist, that's that's where your head is right now. You look, okay, Boston College are really bad two years ago. Now they've got one of the best players in the ACC, and uh, you know they, they went to the NIT last year. They're probably going to be a, a bubble team headed into the ACC tournament this year. Um, is that where Pitt really wants to be? I don't think so. But I think that it, it, things have gotten so bad that I think that now is a necessary intermediary goal. So I don't know if Kevin Stallings is going to ever be a good enough recruiter to bring the kind of talent to Pitt that would that, that would be required for Pitt to you know win the ACC or make Final Fours or anything like that. But I certainly feel like there's the, the talent in these kids that he has, and, and he, his track record as a talented coach, that he could restore some sense of normalcy to what's going on in another year or two, and then maybe it becomes a lot more attractive job as, you know, for someone else to come in and take the program back to where it once was. Alan, is Kevin Stallings a good guy? Uh, how do you How do you relate to him whenever you've spent any time with him? I've had him on the program a couple of times. I've always found him to be... Uh, a fairly friendly guy, uh, somebody that I feel like I could get along with uh, outside of talking about basketball. And this is like my favorite question ever because I feel like the public perception could not be farther from true. He is a really, really good guy, and, and especially he's a he's a legitimately really good guy. But then when you when you compare him to Division One basketball coaches who are not always, like, friendly, lovable creatures, especially, you know, in the professional dealings. He's a great, nice, friendly guy. Um, his son, who plays for the Pittsburgh Pirates, is one of the nicer guys I've ever met that's, that's a professional athlete. And he had, I mean, he's a, he's a professional athlete in his own right, and his father was a Division One head coach. If there's anybody that was ever had the right to grow up <laughs> to be entitled and spoiled, it's him. Yeah, right? I great mean, point. But he's not. He's he's a great guy too. Um, I, I, you know, if Kevin Stonick fails as a basketball coach, Kevin Stonick fails as a basketball coach. But I think that for whatever reason, I I don't really know. Uh, you know, obviously he had the the incident at, at Vanderbilt with Wade Baldwin. Uh, but I, I've never had any kind of negative interaction with him, and I've never really talked to anybody that's had any negative interaction with him either. Alan, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for coming on. And I love when Pitt basketball was great. And hopefully they get an opportunity to get back to that. Because when they were at their apex, when they were playing their best basketball, there wasn't a better 
place to go watch a sporting event, maybe in the country, than the Pete when that place was rocking. So hopefully they figure things out. Yeah, I you know it's it's a great building and and uh, passion stands, man. I'm I'm still surprised by the number of people that are mad at every loss. I'm surprised in a good way because. I don't think there's, I mean, people are going to the games, but there's not apathy. People are still mad and, and passionate about this team and, and what's happening to them, and I think that's a good thing uh, for Pitt's prognosis. Well, that's funny because last night I tweeted out that Boston College was the was uh, Pitt's best chance uh, to uh, win in the ACC, and I had so many Pitt fans correct me and say Wake Forest, and then <laughs> I, I tried to argue uh, because why not just try to argue at that point that, well, no, they were up 15 on Boston College, so they're not going to have a better shot against Wake Forest. Meanwhile, I'm clearly wrong there. Uh, but the fact that so many people responded to me uh, does tell me that there's not apathy, and the fan base is still there. Uh, Alan, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, Adam. Alan Saunders. AP. Pittsburgh Sports Now. You can't fire Stallings now. You can't. I mean, they could, but if you wait until next year, the buyout goes down, obvi. And if you're the team that fires a coach after two years, who's going to want to come there next? Who's going to want to come coach you when that's the case? Nobody. It's going to be really hard to sell the next guy that if he doesn't fail, he's going to get, if, if he doesn't coach well, that he's going to get canned. I don't know if I said that right, but you know what I'm talking about. It's tough. It's really difficult. So, you can't fire him for that reason. You don't want to spend money out the wazoo for the buyout. And I do think he's got some talent. He's just got to see it grow. They're so young right now. And I think Alan brings up a really good point when it comes to Boston College, where they were a couple of years ago. I mean, they were 0-18 in the ACC. And this year, they're somewhat competitive. I mean, I still stink. But they don't stink like Pitt. They don't stink like Wake Forest. They're not a national-type embarrassment. Give him one more year. He's also a good guy. And in a sport with not a lot of good guys, it's tough. It's really tough when you got to let go of one of the good guys. That Jim Ferry was a great guy, and Duquesne got rid of him. It's tough. Now, Kevin Stallings, a lot of Pitt fans are going to say, well, he's not a great guy because he was ripping players last year. But they gave up on him, man. Like, they gave up on him. I'd have a tough time dealing with them if they gave up on me. This year, he's been frustrated, but they haven't won a game in conference. So don't blame him if he's a little surly. And he walked off last night all pissed, but of course he did. His team had a lead. He thought maybe this could be it. It wasn't because it's Pitt, and right now they just suck. And you're not going to find me having sympathy for Pitt very often, obviously, because I'm a West Virginia guy. I hate Pitt more than I love West Virginia, maybe. Well, that's not true, but it's close. But with basketball, it was so much fun when they were good. I love college basketball, and when they were good, the Pete was as difficult of a place to play as there is in college basketball. They modeled it off of Cameron Indoor. They had the students wrapped around. I mean, hell, at the West Virginia game, the students were making a lot of noise. That place is fun when they're good. 
It was the hottest ticket in town. What if I told you 10 years ago, and I saw this tweet from somebody else, I'm stealing it. What if I told you that 10 years ago, that the Penguins were going to have three Stanley Cups and Pitt was going to be 0-13 in conference play? You would have thought I was freaking nuts with how good the Penguins have become with how bad they were and how bad Pitt has become with how good they were. It's wild, man. Andrew tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I love your show. You and Madden. Great stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty badass. I put this up on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. What's your favorite beer? Because people be hating on Guinness. And that makes me mad. Tim Benz quote tweeted it and said, the one that's just been poured. Tim for the win? Yes! Edward tweets, now you forced my hand. Murphy's Irish Stout, better than Guinness. Here's the deal. Copycats. I like Murphy's. In fact, I might even love Murphy's. It's just like Guinness, but it's sweeter. So it actually, I think, translates better over here. It kind of tastes over here what Guinness tastes like over there, if you get what I'm saying. Unless you get a really good pour of Guinness. But they're copycats. Always go with the original, baby. Up next, this one, that one dude who tweeted me is going to be so happy. He's going to be so happy. The Steelers don't need a damn corner. I'll tell you what they do need. And we've got Ray Fittipaldo at 6 o'clock. It's the Crowley Show. Here's a little mood music for you. Happy Valentine's Day, listeners. Will you be mine? I really shouldn't have said that. I I feel terrible having said it, in fact. You find it weird whenever people who aren't your lover tell you Happy Valentine's Day? I was trying to make it awkward with Jesse Marshall earlier on in the show, telling him Happy Valentine's Day. He he didn't seem weirded out by it. In fact, he reciprocated. Happy Valentine's Day, Brian. Happy Valentine's Day, Adam. Tom, Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. It's just three secure guys doing a radio show. Yeah. It's not a homophobic thing. It's just a... I mean, you're not my Valentine. I went to Wendy's before the show, and the uh, person fresh. at the counter to who taking my order said Happy Valentine's Day. Really? It was nice. Was it the Wendy's on Cochran? No, it was the Wendy's around here. Okay, because the oh, Wendy's on Cochran... Go. Here we go. <laughs> they hit on me over there. Every time I drive through, they're like, Oh, you're a good-looking guy. My See, for those, for those of you uh, trying to catch up here, they think he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio at this Wendy's. They Just do. saying. He likes going there. I can't believe since we've done the show <laughs> that I've had three or four people tell me that I kind of look like Leo. And before that, never once in my life. After I proclaim myself Leo, people have said that I do. And these are people who I don't think have listened to the show, but... I suppose that is neither here nor there. I do want to get everyone's best rejection story. I do want to get everyone's worst Valentine. I do want to hear from people on good Valentine Day traditions. But before we get to all that, and Ray Fittipaldo joining me in 15 minutes, I got to say, 
National writers don't know what the bleep they're talking about. They, they just don't. If you want to know what's going on with your favorite sports team, keep it local. I read a trade deadline report a couple of days ago from NHL.com. The .com of NHL, of the league, right? They're supposed to know what the hell's going on in their league. Well, the Penguins are going to be looking for defense help and a goalie. What? What the hell are you talking about? They got Matt Murray. They got Tristan Jari. They got Casey DeSmith, and they got that Finnish dude playing overseas. Hello! They're set at goaltender. Defense? Ian Cole playing pretty darn well now, huh? Matt Hunwick's their seventh defenseman. Then he had Chad Ruedel at eighth. They don't need defense help. Chris Letang played 27 minutes the other night. You don't know what you're talking about. But I don't want to talk any more hockey. Not until 620. I've watched a lot of TV, NFL Network, ESPN. Read a lot of mock drafts, NFL Network. ESPN. And these people all seem to have the Steelers taking a cornerback in the first round. Now, I don't typically get enraged by stuff that shouldn't enrage me. I don't get irritated by stuff that shouldn't irritate me. It's not the way a show is. I don't get my panties in a bunch about somebody else's opinion that doesn't mean a thing. But there's a trickle-down effect here. When they suck at their job, these draft experts, these national media members, when they suck at their job and they say the Steelers are going to take a corner or the Steelers are going to take a tight end or the Steelers are going to take a running back, I don't think that they understand the trickle-down effect, which is I get asked about cornerbacks, I get asked about running backs, I get asked about tight ends. So let's just put an end to this prior to it becoming a real thing. Yo, Kuiper, enough with the corners. Yo, McShay, enough with the corners. Brugler, enough with the tight ends. Everybody, quit mocking the Stillers, corners and tight ends, and running backs early on in the draft. It ain't happening. Ray Fittipaldo, who's joining me in 13 minutes, did a mock draft where he had the Steelers taking an inside linebacker in round one and an inside linebacker in round two. You want to know why I love Ray? Because he saw that the Steelers had a needed inside linebacker, and he mocked him a couple of inside linebackers. So now people are going to read that. They're going to call me or tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley, 412-922-2874, and they're going to say, the Steelers need inside linebacker help, don't they? And I'm going to clap because you sound informed. But anybody who follows the Rappaports of the world, or the, who's the stupid one from Baltimore that I want to punch in the face? Jason Lockhart-Forres of the world? Don't go to them for your Steelers news. McShay's really good at his job. So are those guys, I suppose. Kuiper's really good at his job. There are a lot of really good draft experts out there. But trust the local guys over them. Now, sometimes they break stories before the local guys do because it goes through the league office. But as far as the needs in the draft, listen to your local guys. It gives me less of a headache. Now, as for what the Steelers actually need, 
They will take a running back, probably in the third or fourth round. This, of course, all contingent upon Le'Veon Bell. That's the number one priority of the offseason. If you bring in Le'Veon Bell, bring it back, you don't need a running back. If you don't bring it back, maybe then you draft one earlier. But let me ask you Steelers fans, where the bleep a corner fits in with this team right now? Artie Burns is going to be in his third year. He was a first-round pick. Guess what he's going to be doing this year? Playing corner for the Steelers. Joe Hayden was really stinking good last year when he was healthy. That guy's going to be playing corner for the Steelers. Cameron Sutton. Going to be playing corner for the Steelers. He played well when he did play last year. He's a third-round pick. He's got some pedigree. They like him. That's three corners right there. Mike Hilton was one of the better slot corners in the league this year. Now, he graded out, if you're into pro football focus, as an average slot corner, but the blitzing, that means something to me. And that pushes him over the edge, I think, and makes him more than adequate enough in the slot. So there's four guys right now. Plus, they got Brian Allen, who's tall as all get out, who only played one year at cornerback after playing wide receiver at Utah. That guy is going to develop. He's a special teams demon. They like what he can bring there. And they think that he can help with the corner position down the line. So that's four guys plus Brian Allen. That's five guys. Where are they going to put a corner? These mock draft dudes right now just think, oh, Steelers gave up a lot of big plays. Well, must be corner. They're drafting a corner. They gave up a lot of big plays because their safety sucked. Mike Mitchell played all season long hurt. And I commend him for that, and not enough Steelers fans do. But when you play hurt, are you doing yourself and your team a disservice a little bit? No one's going to watch his tape from this year and go, oh, we need to sign that guy when the Steelers cut him free. So he hurt himself. But on top of that, he hurt the team. So that's the guy who gots to go. Ryan Shazier got hurt. We all remember that. And obviously there are things there, and we got to keep qualifying it, that are more important than football. But from the football side of things, yo, they're not going to have him unless there's some sort of miracle. And he decides that he wants to play football again, too. So you've got Vince Williams, who's your only good inside linebacker. And to me, he's more of a two-down linebacker anyhow. And, oh, yeah, by the way, his contract's expiring after the year. So, you got to fix the inside linebacker position. And you got to fix safety. Corner's not on my damn list. You might take one in the sixth or seventh round, but that's because you just take the best available player then. But the Steelers absolutely don't need a corner early in the draft. And they don't need a tight end either if Vance McDonald is going to be back, and he will be. Vance McDonald's a good player. Jesse James is fine. The Steelers are okay at tight end. Running back, they'll get there in the third or fourth round because James Conner's never been able to stay on the field. I realize cancer had a lot to do with that, but he also blew out his knee at Pitt. He got hurt last year and had to miss the final six games of the season. But those are the needs in order. It ain't corner. And I'm sick and tired of having to deal with questions on Twitter and through the Facebook page 
www.facebook.com backslash Adam Crowley Show. And through the phone lines, well, are they taking this corner? They say they need a corner. They don't. They certainly don't believe that they do. So quit it. 412-922-2874. Coming up next hour, I need rejection story. Need it. Because I got a really good one. And it's just one. But it's a good one. But we've all been there. So we'll get those. Also your Valentine's Day traditions. I asked on Twitter what your favorite beers are. And Rick, finally, somebody. Yes. He tweets Guinness Stout. It's got to be the draft stout, though. But yeah, you're spot on. Goose fat tweets, fatheads, bumbleberry ale. It is good. Oh, it's good. Don't tell me fathead bubbleberry is not good. It's a really good summer beer. Although it makes my mouth all sticky, which bothers me. That's I'm picky with that kind of stuff. If there's a beer that's like too viscous, that makes my mouth all sticky, that's going to piss me off. If it's hot, 95 degrees, someone's handing me a bumbleberry, it's going to taste good going down. But then I'm sitting there and between sips, it's kind of like, Ugh. Meta tweets, Strong and hoppy IPAs. I'm looking for specifics here. Metal. Meta. Whatever. Andy tweets, Jay Ajayi. Isn't that a running back for the Philadelphia Eagles? He says, best IPA I ever had. Actually, he wrote, Jay Ajayi. Whatever. Even that could rush for a 1,000 yards behind the Eagles offensive line. Coming up next, Ray Fittipaldo knows what's up. He knows what the Steelers actually need. And he made it clear with his own seven-rand mock draft today. He joins me next. It's the Crowley Show.